Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Okay, hold up, hold up. Do not just jump right in and listen to this episode unless you have listened to last week's episode, which is part one of Jack and the Cult, which you're not going to really get the full impact of the whole jizzizzle if you don't listen to the other one first. So stop. I'll wait. You go back, listen to the first episode, then come and finish up here. Okay? Deal. This is Melina Lee Williams-Haas. I deeply appreciate you listening and taking the time to hang out with me. I will be addressing issues of life, the universe, and everything that are often bogged down and mired in shame and grief, and talk about how they can be repackaged to be useful and gorgeous and fucking awesome for you. So, sit back and relax, or, you know what? Sit up and freak out. However, you prefer to listen. Let's go. When we wrapped up last week, which was actually just right now, so no one is fooled. (laughs) (laughs) We were just at the point where we were going to find out whether or not Jack Edward Perez managed to save the fucking day once again. Yeah. So you got the board. You yeah. learn the six important keys. Right. And then they, you know, and then we just film, we, we taped the show. And the Dalai Lama, you know, is, you know, we eyed cameras, you know, capturing the Dalai Lama coming into the building and going down. I was like, he was like, you know, the he rock did the, star. The, like the, I was about yeah. to say, he did the whole WWE, like, yeah, entry he's wall. coming in, you know, like, <laughs> living in America. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Apollo Creed coming into the. Uh, so we got all that shit, and um, and of course, you know, uh, I was told that there were these key people mm-hmm. that were part of the program that were also going to appear at some point in this discussion in yeah. this in in this sort of spiritual you know debate that that not only the were these spiritual leaders, namely the Dalai Lama and the Rabbi and the Cardinal or the Bishop, but then these these key players in the organization that brought them there was mm-hmm. all were also going to take the stage. Uh, and be part of that. So it was very important that I get these people right. too. So I was, they were pointed out to me, and it was the leader that I had met on the volleyball court, uh, Keith Ranieri. Ranieri, yeah. And then there were the Seagram's... Right. Uh, the Seagram's heiress. Heiresses. There were two of them, I believe. Yeah, there were sisters, I think. And they were part of it. Mm-hmm. And it was just important that they... It was important to them, apparently, you know, because they wanted to be there in seen in the you know in the film in the mm-hmm. show alongside uh you know his holiness so yeah so we that all and, and it was fine you know i think there were a couple of moments it's funny with live switching you do get into this sort of rhythm and you sort of get kind of swept up in it and it's just about like you know it's it is like live editing you're just yeah. you're making the thing come together it's like so ja- cool. it's kind of jazzy in a way you just yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. and every once in a while you, you hit a fall your wrong note or <laughs> or 
you know, a lot of times you're, you know, I didn't have like a zillion cameras, so I would have a camera shoot something and then I would ask him to reposition and get a shot of okay. something else. So there was, so there were other folks in there on the crew who were, Oh yeah. All okay, the, yeah. all the cameras were on headsets and I was talking Great. to them at the same time. Yeah, but yeah. but what would happen is if I asked a camera to swing around and get a two shot of the Dalai Lama and the Cardinal and if, I needed to take that shot, and he wasn't set yet. So there were a couple of times where, and you'll see this in a, in a live event. Yeah, the you see them like, like sliding into place correct. before they, yeah, yeah. The camera's just finding the shot. And so there were a couple of goofs like that. But all in all, it went out, went fine, and I was pleased that I didn't fuck it up. And, and that was the day. And then we all wrapped and went home. So it came off. And, um, and then it was just back to the compound. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, so, so, so now you did it. Yeah. It's done. But yeah. now you have a couple weeks where you are going to be there while you are doing the edit right. to a final product. Yeah, or at least a first cut. You know, I think they wanted me to just make sure that it was they had something. Yeah. And then funny enough, it was just like it turned out to be just like any other project whether it's for a network or a studio where there are a lot of people weighing in and recutting and change this and get more shots of it. You know, like they, mm-hmm. you know, a director gets a director's cut, but unless contractually it's a director's cut and that's it, what happens is producers come in and just change it all and you are kind of helpless. And this was not my, you know, it's not as though you have an artistic no, foot no, in this. I wasn't putting my in. signature on this, <laughs> but it still was kind of like, really, you guys are going to, all right, whatever. It's your thing. And I got paid. And again, that was really the point was just to like, right. you know, get, get through the month, uh, without, you know, without getting evicted. But yeah, again, I think when the buzz of just, when you're in a production, you're dealing with a bunch of crew cameras and cranes and you know again all this like technical junk it's it that felt more like a shoot but when i got back to the base camp or whatever the compound wherever that's where we were editing Mm -hmm. and that's where i was sleeping again that sort of like weird nagging like this is there's an air in here that isn't Mm. there's some it Mm. feels funny it just felt funny and i couldn't place it i really couldn't i couldn't put my finger on it what it was and i still it's still difficult to describe i guess it just depends how sensitive you are or how if you're paying attention now really. how much interaction did you have with other people day to day oh well i really only interacted with the editor but mm-hmm. here's the thing the editor just sort of like appeared like in most filmmaking in certainly in feature filmmaking and when you're working on television shows the way it works is that an editor is assigned you don't cut your own stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. What happens is, is that an editor is work while you're shooting, footage is coming, and an editor starts putting it together. Right. And then a director comes in afterwards and sort of goes back to the beginning and says, all right, let's look at scene one, and let's and you kind of backseat edit. You don't physically edit. Mm-hmm. And usually a director has a hand in picking an editor because it's a very close working relationship. Of course. And, you know, it's, you're sitting in there long hours. You want And I think in this case, it was just suddenly there was just this editor there who was just like, going to be working with me and it and it just it was just this guy and he wasn't like <laughs> and he wasn't you know again he wasn't like did he have film literacy i mean he knew how to work the equipment okay and it wasn't really that demanding i mean truthfully it wasn't like cutting a scene like a, a scripted scene mm. it was just like yes. the cardinal's talking let's make sure we're on a shot of the cardinal right. when he's talking and then blah blah so it wasn't that demanding, but it was kind of weird that he was just sort of there. And he had a certain quality that I couldn't quite put my 
finger on either. And I think that's what, that's the thing that's so weird about this. Like if you're making a movie about people who are in a cult, Mm -hmm. the sort of central casting way of doing it is to cast people and have them perform this very overt sort of like, trance-like zombie. Floaty weirdness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, everyone is, like, squeaky from, and that famous yeah. shot of them walking down the hallway exactly. with all singing praises to, you know... But, you know, the thing is, is that it's not that... It, in, I guess in this case, in, in this particular real-life case, it isn't that pronounced. It's mm. way more subtle, which is creepier, because... It's more difficult to ascertain. Yeah, you kind of, like... There's an odor of something off, but it ain't, like, in your face, And I think the other thing, and you know me, I'm not the most, like, upbeat, positive personality. (laughs) And I... uh, I'm just trying to imagine any cult trying to recruit you, and I'm just like, this is fucking... I just just not waste your time. I'm just not that easily amused and and given to flights of fancy. (laughs) and, And definitely tend to look at the cynical side of things. And that's just partly childhood trauma, partly, you know, New York upbringing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But whatever it is, it makes me very suspect of Mm -hmm. people who are too positive. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that was the other thing. Everyone was just way too happy and content. Everyone just seemed really like up. This is so okay, but we're looking. This is some Star Trek shit. I feel yeah. like we have been indoctrinated by Star Trek because there's at least five episodes of TOS yeah. where everything is too perfect, and then Kirk is like, "We were born to struggle, right? <laughs> humans aren't can't live with just pure joy, or even or even in which 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 film is the one where it's like, is, what's that weird one with Again, Lawrence Luckenbill or whatever? Where I like where Kirk is like, I don't want you to take my pain away. I, yeah. I don't, you know, this whole shtick is that he's this messianic. I'm going to take away all your pain. I need that's what define. I need my pain. There's this fun. I have to I have to diverge for a moment here because this is important because it's Steven Universe, which is like. You know, I'm going to get you to fucking watch Steven Universe if it kills me before I die. Okay. But there's one episode where there basically is like a human zoo. Right. And like at one point, I think Steven says, oh my God, it's so creepy. Everyone's just happy and everyone's smiling all the time and we should set them free so they can be free. And Steven's dad is like, they're fine. (laughs) Joe and I was like, thank you. Someone finally was was just like, thank you. And he was like, leave them alone. They're they're completely happy in here. They don't know about the rest of it. Let them be happy in their little zoo. Right. Right. And I was like, oh my, thank you. And this is why I love Steven Universe because shit like that happens. Shit that like you've waited your whole life or someone to finally say, you know, um, but it's, it's fascinating because this is how they get you right. No cult says, you know what? In 20 years, you're going to chop off your balls and then drink fucking quaaludes and vodka and die with your Nikes on under a purple sheet. Well, that's not a really, that's not a really good selling tool. no no you have to work up to that <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah exactly if you said to the average like black person in san francisco hey sell your house give away all your shit move to the jungle right eat rice paste <laughs> and then have a gun held to your head while you drink flavor aid yeah that sounds good like no one's gonna be like yes yes but if you say to people come to church right they'll do that and get healed 
you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, get, like, be better and get healed and grow and and find meaning and all the things that... Find success. If oh, I, your and, career's failing. We yeah. can help you with that. Yeah, it's all that shit. It's all that, like, you know, find love, find success in business, find all these elusive things that everyone chases, and then they hold the key and desperation settles in i mean you can totally get you totally get it but yeah to your point you know mike whether it's star trek or even just going back to like the original time machine when you think about like yeah warlocks and the eloy and oh, the eloy and, you know when the time traveler sees the eloy and they're all just like white yeah white and blonde <laughs> and, and, at, and, at, and at play and he's like where are your books and where you know what what do you what are you reading what are you doing like what do you and they just they're they're no you know, everyone's just like you know as as he obviously in the story it's like they're cattle they're they're just being bred like cattle and they don't have any thought independent thoughts and so all these things again it didn't dawn on me then like oh shit i am sitting in this hornet's nest and mm-hmm. i don't know it it was just kind of this is kind of uncomfortable uncomfortable and i just want to get the fuck out of here and they just don't like and, and and again it's like whether it's that environment or when i run into somebody who is just aggressively positive. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always suspicious. And maybe I'm jealous. Maybe it's like, maybe it's just envy. It's like, well, I would like to be no, that happy. You, but but it's just kind of like be mm. as turned off by someone who was aggressively negative. Yes, absolutely. It's so that. It's, it's, the, the, it's the extremity. It's the it. extremity. It's like, yeah. it's like what I say about uh, fundamentalism. Yes. I don't care what religion you are. Once you have become a fundamentalist, fuck right off. Right. Right. Yeah, it's it's too it's too much of one thing, and it's and in the at and was the really the and again I guess in retrospect it's the absence of individuality mm-hmm. whether or not it's cynical or or it just there didn't seem to be like it seemed like part of the personality had been removed or locked away part of the individual mm-hmm. and that was what it was like there didn't seem to be access it was just like I felt like I was alone amongst all these people that because they all were. On the same page. They were all on the same page, and I wasn't. Yeah. And they were just sort of tolerating me because they needed me to do this job. And And unfortunately, like, if they weren't making any progress with you, that had to be torturous for them as well. Yeah, I think they knew that I was not, you know, probably a lost cause, and and, and it was mutually beneficial for me to just be done with it and be on my way. But it was one of these things that I just... That job, you know, all told, like I said, was a couple of weeks and I never thought about it again. It was just like, I mean, I think a couple of weeks later I was like, did you guys ever, cause I think they were going to put a DVD out or mm, something right. of this thing. And I was understandably curious, like, where is, is there a DVD? I'd like to see it and whatever. And it just kind of all faded away. as just one of those projects. And I never really heard anything else about it for whatever 12 or 13 years (laughs) and then these documentaries started surfacing and i was like why do these people look familiar (laughs) you know and that was really what kills me is that you just were like in the midst of this see i love that innocuous brush with creep right that's exactly what that's actually a perfect chapter heading for because it was like a completely yeah i was just kind of an idiot wandering through this gauntlet <laughs> like i don't know no but and you were it, so perfectly positioned because there was no way they were gonna get you yeah they don't they weren't gonna get me and you i know? and obviously you know he had his you know his shtick was was women and you anyway. met him yeah and again you know like but you know funny enough even though I met him for, for you know a quarter of a second, I didn't like him immediately. Yeah, and it was because he had that that sort of tude of just like I am 
so much better than you. And, and I don't really even have to pretend to give you the time of day <sighs> and me king you peasants kind of vibe. Yeah. And sometimes you get in occasionally you'll run into that in show business where you'll run into some some high ranking studio executive or someone who thinks their shit doesn't stink and they're just painfully self serving and godlike <laughs> to the point of being just like totally insulting to you and, and you just walk out of there going, Geez, that guy's <laughs> that guy's an asshole. <laughs> Because, um, like, how difficult is it really to just fucking pretend to be a human being, even if you don't believe? I mean, that's the thing. It it's has like, to be difficult because these people are sociopaths. And if right, and they right. might have just gotten there without having to pretend. True. I, I think that, that most people think that, well, I mean, I guess I, I mistakenly think that if you're going to be this conniving, manipulative, mercenary fucker, mm-hmm. that you have to, like, put on a mask so that you're not detected no or, and and a lot of these people and this murtaugh business is is a is a perfect uh example let's look at, let's it's look like at, they don't even pretend you don't no. even pretend to be a let's look date. at the like the kevin yeah. spacey shit yeah i knew that i knew about kevin spacey when i was in high school oh really oh yes oh how did that how did you know about it because he hit on a friend of mine whoa and how old was your friend at the time 17 okay yeah, well, or maybe sixteen, sixteen or seventeen. A boy or a girl? A boy. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I never forget because he was he was in the New York theater scene. He was like the hot shit, right? Right. And so he was well known, and it was also well known like to keep an eye on him when the boys were around. Like right. this was just the thing, and. And, and and some folks who I know whose parents worked in the New York theater scene were like, mm. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and but the thing is that this was 1980 what five yeah where his career hadn't even taken off in terms of being like the huge star he became and already it and was already known. it was known it was known right, right? Yeah. and so but there's so many stories like this right. and I'm absolutely sure that what's his face was this big dude who just quote unquote killed himself. Who was the name? The guy was in jail and then died, and everyone was like, "Oh, you're talking about what's his name?" The, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, what happens when you're old? Yeah, well, fuck. How can we forget the, the idiot's name? Dumbass. Um, with Prince Andrew and all that. Oh shit. my god, we're so yeah, old. Yeah, you know what we're talking about. Um, uh, hung himself in prison or not? Or not? Right, 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 right. right, right. right. Well, you know who we're talking about. I don't know who that. Oh god. Yeah, he's Trump's buddy. Should we stop and look it up? I don't give a shit. Yeah, who cares? Oh, you can keep, look it up. You have talking, an I'll look it up. So, so this guy, right? Like, How can we not know? Do you, do you, I, I, I'm a hundred percent sure that there was no time that he was not a monster. Right. Exactly. I'm a hundred percent sure that he emerged from the head of Zeus as an absolute prick. Absolutely. And as a white man, he got to just do that forever. Right. Right. And this is the thing, like, this is the thing with this Keith Rainieri thing is that he just told people crazy shit. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey uh, Epstein, right, Epstein. Right, right. Thank God. Thank uh, you. How long did that take? Jesus. Too long. Old. Yeah. Don't get old. old. No, yeah. get old, but just just know it's going to be like this. It is going to be like this. Um, and so the the idea is that these people just do what the fuck they do. Keith Rainieri was telling people that he started reading in the womb and shit like that, right? right like, right. you know, his IQ was so high, it couldn't be measured. Right. He single-handedly wrote a code that solved, you know, the Y2K problem or whatever the fuck. He just right. pulled shit out of his yeah, ass. Yeah, just a bunch of bullshit. And people believe it. Right. Meanwhile, if I go online and I say something like, 
I started reading when I was three years old, people are like, well, are you sure? And the thing, <laughs> whereas a white man is just assumed to be a genius. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's true. It's like, that's how these guys who are essentially just con men get by. I mean, they already have the physical impression of, of authenticity or just this is the way society perceives it. Like you said, it's just like, well, this is a, you know, clean, right. and, clean and, cut white guy. He must be telling the truth. And, and they know who their audience is. And this is the most brilliant thing about people who are sociopaths or straight up like demonic. Right. <laughs> right. Is that they know exactly who they can get and who they can't. Right. And this is what's always been fascinating to me. And I observed this like in the kink community because the first few years I was in the kink community, I was like other women would have like 10, 15 play dates. And I was like, not getting attention. And I was like, I'm new. I'm cute. Why am I not? And I'm like, because I'm not a sucker. Mm -hmm. Because if anyone was like, well, I am the dom and this and this and that, I'm like, you have to prove that to me. I'm not just going to roll over because you said, right. And I was instantly disqualified from 95% of these people. Really? Because if you question, then that just, it's a whole Oz thing, right? Right. right. You can't see what's behind the curtain. I'm like, I need to know what's behind the curtain. I can't have you exerting this from on high. And those people don't make good cult members. Mm. No, the the best cult members don't question the fucking thing. You know, you have to have that experience. I mean, like, you look at Keith Rainier and you're like, this guy's a schlub. Like, who could possibly? Yeah. However, you catch someone at that moment where they are so starved. That's right. For transformation. Yeah. That they'll transform themselves. They'll look into your eyes and have that kundalini awakening. Right. 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 But it's like... You know what? A good guru will do what my guru did in the moment where I had an awakening is that they looked me in the eye and said, this is you. This power is yours. Right. You brought that you manifested this. How amazing for you. It wasn't that they brought this out of me or that as a result of serving them, I suddenly had this amazing epiphany. Well, isn't that the definition of guru? I mean, the trouble with, with the term guru is that it's taken on this sort of malevolent quality when in fact guru just means teacher. Yep. Right. So, I mean, in, in the truest sense, that's what it that's what a really good teacher does. Exactly. You know, and, and it, it enables your best the student's best self. Yeah. And and doesn't, you know, seek to enslave the <laughs> but students. It's, too, it's so it's so easy once power has has been achieved. Right. And the problem is so many people try to achieve power for reasons that they want something else. Right. Right. They're like, I want this power so that I can get Keith Rainier. won this power so he could get a parcel of sex leaves. And I was like, bitch, you could have had this <laughs> with so much less effort. <laughs> it would have been so, it would have been so all, easy. All you had to do was add, I just post all something. All you had to do was, was go to fucking like, what would have been at the time? Go to alt.com, right. get your flogger, get your mansion, be like, I am Lord, you know, right. Lord Rainiery of Keith Manor. Right. I seek nubile female slaves, and these are the measurements they need to have, and this is what they right. need to do. Yeah. And guarantee you would have had 50 hot bitches who would have been that foolish. Meals included. With meals included without the jail time. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're, you're absolutely right. He, he... But like, that's not what he wanted, right? Like the, and this is the thing, the consent. And this is what I try to tell people 
when 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 for example they try to understand like how a polyamorous person could quote unquote cheat and i'm like because poly people still have guidelines and rules but what they're excited by is the cheating it's the act of doing the thing they're not supposed to do that turns them on right well that's the thing that came out again you know just to your point that's what came out in this this whole you know murtog i keep saying the wrong is it murdaw i don't fucking know it's not murtog like it's not like people say Murtaugh like 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 lethal weapon. Like it's but you Murtaugh, need to understand this is, the, this is the South. Okay, right, so, so like like um, for example, you know, like you go to New Orleans, try to pronounce half of that shit that's yeah, either French or Greek. Right, right. You will cry and weep. <laughs> but what they said was, you know, how he, you know, when he's blatantly fucking over these these poor people, uh, you know, out of millions, it's it's the because it, it gave him a hard on. Yeah, you yeah. know, like that's that's why he did it because it was that it was that illicit thrill of, of you know getting turned on mm-hmm. by, by just screwing somebody so badly yeah, yeah yeah um so yeah you're right if if, if consent throws water on the on the yeah, fire it's no. like just die so it's like who absolutely can't, so, it's like yeah. it's like sexual assault right it's not That's about right. getting your rocks off it's about having power over someone yeah, else absolutely so i mean it's so it's 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 actually gratifying that most of these people now wind up in the slam <laughs> uh, crossbar hotel <laughs> well, we were talking about the untouchables <laughs> the expression that keeps coming up i keep throwing out is is uh connery's line you're going inside for all day, all day. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna turn you over yeah. <laughs> for all the shit i know you've done why can i still quote that there. fucking movie you're out of your fucking mind <laughs> you're out of your fucking mind he says yeah, it yeah, then he switches yeah. it around out of your fucking mind <laughs> Um, I still, if I hear someone say enthusiasm, I still get that enthusiasm. De Niro. Enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there he is, alone at the plate. <laughs> what is this the time for? <laughs> yeah. Individual so, achievement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some things never go away. Never go away. Apparently, he never. It's funny. There's a there's a documentary on Brian De Palma. Uh, is he still alive? He is. I think he's hanging on. But but uh, it, they kind of cover all his movies, and obviously he directed The Untouchables. And, and he talked about how De Niro just wouldn't learn his lines. He just wouldn't. And See, it was just, but that makes you know, me feel so good as a, as someone who sucks at that. Oh, really? Because you know when we did when we did the film version of of your show Hyena, you had just reams of it was of dialogue. Obviously, it's your show. It's like, and you just you nailed that shit in record time so i don't know you know but i always thought that was the most you know honestly that i'm most impressed the thing that impresses me most about actors yeah. is their ability to memorize all that shit. I mean, truthfully, if I've made many, and I was I was interviewing um, Leo Fitzpatrick, uh, who was in one of my films today, and and uh, we were talking about the very thing, and he was just yeah. saying, you know, uh, the first, the most important thing for me as an actor, because you get all these things like, how do you get inside your character, yeah, yeah. and all this stuff, and what he, and it's really just, I just first thing is just. I make sure I know my lines because so you know. I want to be professional. That, that's it. It's like, and it's true. It's like, cause there have been times when I'm on set and it's like, if, if you don't know your lines, there's nothing I can do. I can't, I can't make you remember your lines. I can't, get the scene i can't do anything to help you if you don't know your line hold up a fucking car you know it's like well yes you can (laughs) if you want to be brando yeah yeah you're like on superman where he's holding up you're just holding his have taped cue cards all around the room did i ever tell you the story i did a movie 
with with Adam West, which is yes. a big deal for me because yeah. Adam West was my Batman, and I wrote a part for him in this film I did for MTV years ago, kind of a comedy monster movie called Monster Island. This was in two thousand. Monster Island. Yeah, it was in two thousand and four with a very young Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And Adam West. Oh my and, gosh. and Carmen Electra is in it playing herself. Carmen Electra, yes. yes. And uh, a lot of giant stop motion animated bugs and stuff. But Adam <laughs> West plays this mad scientist. Yeah. Uh, or a benevolent mad scientist on this island, and there are kids run into him, and he becomes this sort of Gandalf-like, you know, leader that saves, sacrifices himself and all this stuff. But he had this introductory in his, you know, mad scientist lab where he talks about why he's there and what he's doing, and and it's a long. I wrote a long, long monologue, and when Adam oh, West, shit. Adam West came into my trailer, the. When he arrived on set, yeah, and it was he was like I've said this before. He was just like the cool. He was exactly what you wanted him to be. He was yes. like so cool. And he he started calling me JP. JP. <laughs> JP loved the script. JP. <laughs> and I said, Oh, great! I wrote it. He goes, you wrote that too, JP. All right. I'm very excited, JP. Uh, and he goes. He goes. And then you know, very friendly. Uh, I was just like over the moon because it's my Batman, and he's agreed to, to be in my movie. And as he's leaving the trailer, and he goes, You know what helped immensely, JP, in the Batcave? I said, What? Teleprompter. <laughs> I said, really? And, 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 and uh, I just love Yeah. And I, I, oh, shit. Pretty sure there weren't any, there weren't even teleprompters in 1966. Yes, they were. Uh, on, but not on a dramatic show. Probably I mean, not on I'm Batman. I'm like, like on the news, maybe, but like. Yeah, yeah, they did have those. And I was like, uh, and by the way, you know, this wasn't like an ultra low budget movie, but we don't have any teleprompters. So anyway, cut to the day we're shooting in his lab. And anticipation of him perhaps not being able to remember this you know, this load of dialogue yeah. I written for him. I had everybody, I had all my PAs do these Brando yeah. giant poster boards yes. with all his dialogue on it. And there must've been like 20, you know, big poster boards with huge Sharpie of all his dialogue. And to his credit, uh, he came in and just knocked it out like four pages without a, you know, without a hitch. Like he didn't look at the cards once he knew it, but he had, but he was afraid. And I can understand that now because yeah. he was just like, I don't want to fuck this up. I don't want to I mean, to think about all the, you know, but I, he, I, he was a professional. So I, he had I, I, and I get it because it's like, I mean, I did that with the fucking opera where I was like, there's no way I'm going to, the thing and whatever. And then by the time we got to tech, the director was like, you, you realize that you're fine, Right. Right, right. And I was like, <gasps> she's like, stop. Right. <laughs> right. She's like, you're fine. You know, and, and, and the thing is, if you fuck up, you are still going to continue to do the yeah. show. Yeah, you know, it's your show. You'll know. You know, you know you'll, you'll, like, yeah. worst case scenario, the thing with an opera is that, like, you might fuck up 40 people. Right. right. Like, if you're on stage and you're doing a monologue, like, if I do a solo show, it doesn't matter. Right. If I drop a chunk during a fucking piece where there's, like, music happening. Right. Now there's 40 people who are like, oh, we are, we're lost. <laughs> we, 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 we can't seamlessly right. <laughs> sort of jump to the, you know, um, next bit. Next bit. Although Georg did write the piece in a modular fashion so that actually you can. Right. You know, and that was my terror and my fear. Right. Uh, is that I was like, I'm going to fuck this whole thing up. But then what happened is it became this really cool exercise. So orchestras are like, this is really interesting. Right. Like you don't know how long this next movement's going to be. Right. You know, and so there's pieces where they just like have loops. Right. And if they hit a place where I'm still talking, they just go into the loop. Yeah. It's like, well, like, it's like almost like we were talking about kind of the live 
live television switching exactly. thing. It's just, it's kind of like you're just vibing, you know, and see where it goes. And maybe the audience doesn't know, you know, why would they? You know, unless it's a really exactly. obvious something sort of like, super oh, egregious, like you know? every, the audience is screaming and clapping, yeah. and you're like, "What just happened? What?" Yeah, what? <laughs> my kingdom for a uh, reverse angle. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, but anyway, you know, getting back to maniacal cult leaders, it's um, how do we get onto Adam West from that? Because he's the lead. He's the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> he's the anti he's the anti Keith Rainier. <laughs> yeah 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 but he yeah and it, it was very interesting to have had a little sample of who the dude was before it blew up yeah you know I had a similar experience with uh what was it with the heaven's gate because oh, right, one yeah. of because one of my nerds friends had like said have you seen this weird site because heaven's gate was online they were the first internet cult right? Right, right and so they did a lot of their recruitment online they had that terrible I mean it's still up there. Really? I didn't yeah, know the Heaven's Gate website is still up. Wow. And if you way back machine it, you can actually see them like announcing that they were getting ready. Wow. To leave and you're just like, holy crap. Shit. Holy crap. And so it's fascinating to see how that shift occurs. Actually, now that you mention it, when I think of that Heaven's Gate, and again, you get these, these images of mm-hmm. these like little beds, like these these bunk beds and stuff where yeah, they, that's yes. what the that's what the little Oh my rooms, god, that's exactly what that's, it, like that's what exactly those, it. That's what the rooms were like at that compound. Yeah. Yes. Now, see, it finally socked in. I kept going back to like retreat centers because I've been to a few retreat centers that are, you know, like there's one that's actually in an old motel upstate New York that's like LGBTQI, very centered on like the men's community and healing men's stuff. And they also open to other places. But it feels sort of more like summer camp. Well, you think they have the same contractor built all these cult compounds? Yes. They, they engage the same dude. Would that not be a hilarious commercial right. to right. do? Like, <laughs> yes. yeah. we do them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many bunk beds you need? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Little child bunk beds. Oh, God. But it is. It's the infantilization, right? Right. They have to bring you to a point where that's you true. are I bet feeling... you. I bet you that's part of it. There's, 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 it's, all, it's all manipulation. So, you know, and again, why are prison prison bunks these little mm-hmm. things you know like it's not like you're getting getting to a california king you know <laughs> uh, it's like you're right it's like everything is reinforcing this idea that you have no power yes you have no power exactly right exactly right yeah it's fascinating to even think about that you know like when i had that brush with the moonies and they were showing me these videos in their offices that were proposed to be you know a great exchange program where you go to go to teach overseas but the classroom was a classroom for six-year-olds right you know as i'm crouched down on this tiny <laughs> fucking chair and i was like 18 so i was like a right. small person at that point right and i was still like i'm just uncomfortable why do i have to sit like this yeah. and it's to it's to throw you off absolutely and to get you back into that position of i am the authority you listen to what i have That's to say right. but right. mistake number one you know, I didn't go to school like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, the mistake, they, you know, funny enough, and with me, you know, like all directors are these sort of little sawed-off Caesar, Napoleonic kind sawed of characters. Sawed-off Caesar. You know, characters that are just like, you know, narcissistic and egotistical, little, little, so little, little commanders by themselves. Exactly. So, so we're, personality-wise, the last 
people that are going to take like well, want to want to kind of relinquish. Take a look at that. Yeah. How many yeah. big famous Scientologists are not actors? It's always we who have the least amount of power. Correct. Yeah. So it makes sense. Absolutely. It's not producers. It's not directors. It's not. You just don't see those folks in those ranks, right? Right. You know, you can have the top Hollywood stars, but you know, I mean, fine. Tom Cruise can call his shots, but there's not very many actors who can. Absolutely. Even famous Hollywood actors are still ground up and spit out by yeah, the machinery. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know that you're like essentially product. Yeah, product and expendable, and that you know. So it's really fascinating because yeah, it was a lot of the a lot of the that's what he was trying to do, right? He kept scooping up these actresses, yeah, and baiting using them to get more, yeah, and exactly, and, and actresses that are probably you know at that point of like I'm not getting booked as much, I'm getting yeah. older, yep, uh, I'm feeling even more vulnerable, vulnerable, and that's like they're ripe for the picking, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're smart, they're smart. This is the thing, like to be that type of human being, you have to have a certain type of intelligence. And what the problem is, is that you are using that intelligence to harm people. Yeah, you're a predator. So you, <clears throat> exactly. They suck. Yeah, fuck so you them. You don't like them. I don't like them at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jack, thank you so much. I love this story. I fucking... <laughs> it's so funny because I, it's weird because I don't, I, it's not like I've like talked about it very much because it's just kind of, it's just, again, it just kind of feels icky. Like, shit. <laughs> I was like in that icky place and I just managed to like escape thankfully. So So, yeah, I escaped devil's Island. (laughs) Uh, Well also, but you know, if you'd been a hot blonde, Oh, I would, you have, been, I would have been toast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for coming on the podcast or for sitting down and talking. Of course. Uh, yeah. Anytime. Thank you. All right, you guys. I so very much appreciate you listening to All That and Mo podcast. Please come back again next week where hopefully something else will fucking happen. You've been listening to All That and Mo. Thanks so much for spending your precious, precious time with me today. My podcast is produced by Cody Crabb. Theme music by Georg Friedrich Haas, as performed by Marcus Weiss. And I look forward to spending time with you again really soon.